This is Fine Rambles, number 53. So I'm staying with my mom for a couple weeks, and she's having her bathroom redone. I am blown away by, <laughs> by the level of complexity that redoing a 6x5 bathroom and by the way, this is the only <laughs> this is the only full bathroom in the house. How complicated it is. You know, I grew up pretty dismissive of of the trades. I was sort of, you know, this traditional you have to go to college kind of guy. Or at least that was that was the milieu in which I was raised. But watching what's been going on here really has helped me understand that I was wrong. First of all, let me just walk through how complicated this process was. So first of all, you have you have the general contractor and you have the design center and you have the demolition guys who come in and just beat the shit out of the beat the shit out of the room. And then you have just this line of people come who have deep expertise and they do their fucking job. You have you have the drywall guy You've got the tile guy who also does, you know, the grouting and the caulking. And he has to cut the tile and he has to measure and fit. And then you have the electrical guy. And, you know, each one of these little disciplines is enormously complex. There's enormous expertise. Then the plumbing guy comes in and he's got to do the shower drain and the shower valve. And he's got to put the sink in and he's got to connect all the pipes. Then, you know, the carpenters come in and they got to remove the existing equipment and they got to they got to install the ductwork and they have to modify the openings and they have to install the new cabinets and they got to put in the towel bars. And and uh, let's see who else came in. The painter, the painter came in. Right. And you got to paint with different coats and you have to put the latex and you have to choose colors and. At the same time, behind the scenes, you don't just have the design people, but you've got the delivery people coming in the trucks to deliver the, the, the sundries and the materials. You've got the dumpster people hauling away the dumpster. It's this enormous, it's this enormous project and that has to be choreographed down to the day in terms of how long does things take to set and to dry and when is the material going to be ready. You know, it helped me understand how good a business the trades are. I mean, they're local. There's no threat from China. There, there's certainly no threat from artificial intelligence when you have to grout a bathroom. And, you know, these jobs, as I said, have deep expertise. The, the experience is cumulative. And there's no real, I mean, there's no real focused competition. I mean, how many people in Milwaukee are trying to be the best drywaller in the world. And oh my God, the asymmetric information is absurd. I mean, they know exactly how much everything costs. And my mom has no idea. In that negotiation, they're always going to win. And I think the jobs get better over time because you can scale if you have a good brand and then you hire people to do the dirty parts of the job. They make really good money and they control their destinies. And, you know, I was thinking, again, like, I was someone who followed the traditional path. I, I went to school. I became a professional. I went to business school. For a long time, I figured, I think like a lot of people, that was just how you had to do it to succeed in this country. And more and more, I think that model is broken. 
I think you're starting to see more people understand this, right? As the cost of college, well, okay, so I live in Wisconsin, and there's a very good state school here, Wisconsin-Madison, and it's $26,000 a year, even if you're in state. If you're out of state, it's $54,000. So that's what, $200,000 for a college degree? And that's only if you graduate in four years. And only about half of college students managed to do that. So that's another, what, year? So maybe now you're talking, what, $250,000? I went to Brown University, and when I went there, Brown was twenty-eight, twenty-nine, thirty thousand. Now it's $74,000. <laughs> that's $300,000 post-tax. And at the same time, these colleges have, what, billion-dollar endowments? The people managing those endowments make tens of millions of dollars a year. And yet, the cost continues to rise at, like, what, two times inflation? Schools no longer are in the business of teaching. They're hedge funds. They're hedge funds stapled to bloated, make-work institutions for administrators, not for teachers, administrators who make six figures a year. So now we have, I mean, what is the number? 1.4, 1.5 trillion, trillion dollars of student debt. And that, that debt is not forgivable in bankruptcy. It's with you forever. And debt makes you fragile. It makes it harder to switch jobs or to go to grad school or to start a company. And God forbid you get sick or you have an accident. If you get fired, I mean, those events, if you have debt, could destroy your life. And it gets worse, right? I mean, so not only is it insanely expensive in terms of money, but in terms of time and opportunity. I mean, those are the highest energy years of your life. And you want to spend that kind of money to go be brainwashed by leftist ideologues? They're going to make you bitter and resentful. That's not even the worst of it, probably. I mean, if you go to college, you're going to get into the habit of being passive. What are you going to learn? How to jump through other people's hoops? You're going to just be taught to regurgitate what they tell you? I mean, (laughs) didn't we get enough of that in high school? And the process starts so early these days. I went to Brown and I started thinking about my application midway through sophomore year in high school. Today, upper middle class parents are losing their minds getting their kids into the right preschool. College applications begin in middle school. I mean, this is a dystopian nightmare. I mean, you're not going to have a childhood. You're not going to get an adolescence. You won't have time to have fun. You won't have any free time at all. You won't have camaraderie with your peers because they're all going to be trying to get into the same schools. You'll have zero-sum competition. You'll have intense grade grubbing. And you know, I think I know what someone would say to push back. They'd be like, well, you know... Matt, that's all fair, but jobs require a degree. And you know, first of all, what kind of fucking bullshit society do we live in 
that we acknowledge that the only point of a college is just to get the piece of paper. I mean, that is credentialism at its worst. So sure, there are some jobs that still require a degree. And here's the rub. Those are the jobs your parents think are high status and well-paid. And that is simply no longer the case. And the basic reason is those are the jobs everyone wanted for two generations. And so there's too many people in those jobs. Lawyer? (laughs) Okay, put aside the fact that law school is another three years of your life and another quarter million dollars. There are too many goddamn lawyers. You will go to a firm, be an associate, get worked to death by the partners to make them money, and then you will not make partner because the industry isn't growing and the old bastards at the top hang on forever. And, you know, let's say you squeak through and become partner, basically by sacrificing your entire life for those seven to ten years. You don't get a better life. You make more money, but you're working just as hard as you were before. You're still measuring your life in six-minute increments. (sighs) So you want to be a doctor, okay, right? I'm Jewish. That's sort of the classic path, lawyer or doctor. It's the same idea. There are too many doctors. And you're basically working for the government at this point, right? So you go through, what, four years of medical school. Again, it's another quarter million dollars, a couple years of residency, So you're working for the government when you get out, you have half a million of debt, making crappy money, and you're spending like, what, three quarters of your time doing paperwork? You'll get no sleep, your health will be ruined, and, you know, most doctors work for hospitals, and hospitals are really corrupt. They just want to make money, and so they will force you to perform unnecessary procedures, unnecessary surgeries, and when you complain, they'll show you the door, and you'll say, I can't leave because I'm trapped by my debt. Look at the suicide rates for doctors. They're skyrocketing. Banker? I mean, that was my profession to start. It's the same idea now. Too many bankers, not enough growth, not enough business. Again, you're going to be sleep-deprived. You won't get paid what you think. And if you think it's a stepping stone to the asset management industry, which, again, you know, that's the path I took, but that was when the industry was growing. It's shrinking now. Passive investing and ETFs are eating the industry at, like, 2 to 3% a year. You don't want to go into a shrinking industry. There simply isn't opportunity there. What else? Okay. (laughs) All right. So a lot of my friends went into consulting and they thought they were going to be advising CEOs. And the truth is you're simply being hired by the CEO to tell the board of directors what the CEO is too chicken shit to tell them himself. You will be traveling all the time. You will never be home You will never get a break. You will never have time to exercise. You will never see your family. Okay, so what other credentialism degrees are there? I guess a lot of the corporate jobs still require a degree. But those jobs suck now. Companies demand loyalty and they offer none. Which means, again, you'll put in insane hours when you're in your 20s thinking there's opportunity. And then they'll fire you. They'll find someone younger and cheaper. They'll hire someone overseas. They'll replace you with automation or a robot or machine learning. And between HR and the legal department, I mean, you're going to feel like a rat 
<laughs> being prodded through an endless maze. And this maze has beige walls and fluorescent lighting. And by the time you're 35 or 30 or 40, and you realize it's a dead-end job, you won't just have student debt. You'll have a mortgage. You'll have car payments. You'll have kids. The system will own you. So what's the alternative? Well, start a business. Start a business now, immediately. If you're in high school, start it today. Figure out what you love and what you're good at. You need both, right? They reinforce each other. Go out and start failing. Of course you're going to fail to start, but you have to fail. That's part of the process. Build your brand. Start a YouTube channel. Start tweeting. Start podcasting. Start dropshipping. Start, I don't know, buying and selling on Craigslist. See what works. Do more of that. And if something doesn't work, try something else. This is, this is the best time to start a business. You have tools like Amazon Web Services and Shopify and Wix and Instagram and Etsy. I mean, these companies exist to help entrepreneurs. And what's amazing is that the internet has created a global audience. So even if you have a very obscure passion, you can still carve out a niche that's large enough to create a great business. And, you know, let's say you think that you don't know what to do and you have to learn it in college, right? I mean, this is so backwards. Teach yourself as you go. This is something, you know, John Taylor Gatto talked about all the time. You're smart. You can learn what you need to know when you need to know it. Why the fuck would you go to college and learn it from a miserable, harried adjunct who earns $3,500 a semester in a lecture hall with 400 other kids, and you're learning something when you're 19 or 20 that you won't need to know until you're 28 or 30 or 40? What's the fucking point of learning it a decade ahead of time? Starting a business will make you proactive. It'll make you stronger. It'll make you resilient. It'll make you flexible. It'll make you street smart. I mean, I'm somebody who went through the system, and let me tell you, all it does is it trains you to seek the approval of authority. It teaches you how to be risk-averse. It teaches you how to be timid. It teaches you how to stay safe. It teaches you how to be easily controlled. And you know, I get that not everyone wants to start a business, but at least join a small firm, a young firm, one that isn't based on credentialism. I mean, those are the only companies that actually grow, that create jobs. And I know, I know some people are going to say, well, I would really benefit from college because, you know, I like to learn and my parents can afford it. Look, if it wouldn't benefit you to go to college, don't go. But if you would benefit, you will benefit more by using that time, that money, and that energy somewhere else. Just think about this. What could you accomplish if someone gave you a quarter of a million dollars and four years of freedom? How far down a path of your choosing could you go? <laughs> I think that's enough ranting for one week. I'll, uh, I'll catch you later.